Welcome back to the Rebel Alliance Media Podcast. In the studio, as always, your hosts, Chris and Nate. How you doing today, Nate? I'm doing well, man. I can't complain. It's uh, it's a nice, nice day out, and uh, the weekend's coming. Life's good. Weekend is coming. Yeah. Which is excellent news yeah. for all of us. For sure. Wonderful. So you getting a little bit more sleep? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Judah is slowly learning that nighttime is for sleeping and not for screaming. <laughs> um, but uh, I, you know, I gotta gotta give props to my wife. Colleen is uh, is handling it like a champ, and I get to come here and, and record episodes while she's at home uh, with the kids. So uh, thankful for a wife who lets me record podcasts. Yes. There's many things to be thankful for. Absolutely. That is one of them. And speaking of our podcast, if you're listening to this, we just want to say thanks so much for listening. Thanks for uh, joining the Rebels. Uh, We are part of the Berean Media Network. Uh, You can find out more about the other uh, podcasts involved in that. That's the Layman's Cup, the Two Thieves, and the Front Pew. And uh, you can find more about it at uh, www.bereanmedianetwork.com group of podcasts who are all dedicated to glorifying God through the airwaves. And uh, we actually have a surprise coming up in this show, Chris. We do? Uh, yeah, I didn't even tell you about this, but uh, we actually have one of the laymen calling in. So Sean Lee from the Layman's Cup is going to uh, come on and we're going to do a little segment called uh, Meet Our New Friends. And so we'll get to know him a little bit better. Uh, he can introduce our listeners to what they're all about over at the Layman's Cup and we'll do that. The Rebels are about to go international. International, yeah. We will have uh, a real-life American on the show. (laughs) Wow. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Very excited about that. I know. Uh, We'll ask him how hot it is down there, and uh, (laughs) and he'll probably ask us how cold it is up here. So, you know, we'll we'll play into stereotypes. I love those, the layman. I listen to their podcast, listen to their Ten Commandments series, just just finish that. They love your name, by the way. They, they did. They, they gave a shout out to the name. I'm, I would like them to know I will gladly change and trade if they want to trade my name. My last name is terrible. You're talking about loving Kemp's name. Kemp England sounds like a, a superhero, eh? It sound, he sounds like he'd be a DC superhero. Yeah, I agree. Not a Marvel one. They always have the double initials. Yeah, he'd have to be like Kemp, Kempland or something. He, he'd probably be a Green Lantern. Like, honestly, think about that for a second. Kemp England. He's in law enforcement. He's in law enforcement. He's in law enforcement. Look at this. Look at this. Hands across the board. Kemp, we have a wonderful plan for your life. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 14. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we also just want to say for all our regular listeners, uh, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, if you haven't yet, uh, please find us on iTunes and uh, give us a five-star rating and review us. That just helps us uh, get found on iTunes. And if you happen to be listening to this uh, on Facebook, where we also post this, uh, hit that like button and share us onto your feed. That's how uh, new people get introduced to the Rebels, uh, by you sharing uh, our content on your news feed, and uh, we really appreciate that support. Anything else you want to say, Chris? Any other housekeeping items? No, I'm just excited to talk to Sean. All right, well, uh, why don't we get Sean on the phone then, uh, and will him to call right now. All right, we are happy to be joined by our friend, Sean Lee. He's one of the laymen from the Layman Cup, part of the Berean Media Network. And uh, we're just starting uh, to do some of these segments uh, called uh, Meet Our Friends. So, Sean, you're a new friend friend of the show, friend of the uh, uh, Rebels, uh, which means you're a friend of Canada. So how do you feel about all that? I am excited about it. I've actually been to Canada once. I loved it. <laughs> Where, where'd you go? I went up to uh, Winnipeg. 
Oh, see, it's it it's it is actually quite cold in Winnipeg. Did you go in the winter? I went in October, which is close enough. <laughs> close enough, yeah, close enough that you you went right, right back down south pretty quick. Hey? Yeah, October in Winnipeg yeah. is the winter. Yeah, that is yeah, so. that is winter. Yeah, they generally come, get snow first. You need to come to Ontario and experience that we don't all live in igloos like we have the internet <laughs> as you're experiencing right now. It's great fun. It's warm today. It's about 85 degrees for you. <laughs> well, in Charlotte today is the is the hottest day of the year so far. So it's uh. I'd, I'd like to be in that 85 degrees right now. You said it's 95 there? 98. Man, oh man, I am so glad I live north of the border. Me too. <laughs> For many reasons. <laughs> that's, what, that's what, we don't want to get into too much of that though. Yeah, so uh, we, we brought Sean on uh, just to introduce you to some of our new friends. Uh, so Sean, you're part of the Layman's Cup. You guys have been doing this for a while. You guys uh, reached the 100 episode plateau not too long ago. So how long have you guys been doing this? This month makes two years officially we've been producing shows. Wow, that's awesome. And, and what made you get started? It's kind of interesting how we got together. We didn't have Bob originally, so it started with me, Patrick, Kemp, and Wes, and um, we were part of a Bible study together. And after the Bible study would end, the conversation would just keep going through text, through phone calls, through in coffee, uh, and it would just kept going. And what's interesting about it is that the first time we met was in May, in December, I started having this idea. I was a I was an interim youth pastor at the time, and I knew that it was coming to an end. And I just got this idea that I want to start writing, I want to start podcasting, and I started studying how to do this. Well, come to come April into the spring, I called my, my friend Patrick, who's no longer with us. He went on joint to it because he's in the ministry. And I, I said, let's meet together. I sat down with him and said, man, I want to create a blog, and I want you to be a part of it, and I want to podcast. And he said, stop, just stop. And he showed me a text from Kemp that he got that day, slid it over to me, and Kemp texted him that day, hey, we need to do a podcast together. So, so awesome. through the grace of God, the four of us got together. I ended up being the, the producer and doing all the technical stuff, and we loved coffee. That, that was part of it. We sat down drinking a cup of coffee, talking about theology, and it just grew from there. Can you be reformed and not love coffee? I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's awesome. So, I mean, what uh, it, it, Layman's Cup, it's, it's four guys, uh, four laymen, uh, drinking a cup of coffee and talking about theology, is, as you always say. Uh, I mean, what, what's kind of the goal here? What do you guys hope to accomplish or what fruit do you hope to see? Well, first and foremost, we want to glorify Christ in everything that we do and, and edify, have a, a gospel edification conversation. And then we want to... Uh, talk about ideas that, that maybe everybody don't talk about in hopes that it would drive them to the scripture. So if we talk about eschatology, we don't know for sure. Uh, so, so we'll open up the Bible and we'll examine it. But again, the whole point of it is hopefully it will drive somebody to go read the word and question it for themselves. That's awesome. Anything that gets people opening their Bibles more intentionally is, uh, is definitely God glorifying, man. Absolutely. Curious to w- where the name came from. You know, you think about the four of us. Um, I work in manufacturing. Bob works in manufacturing. Uh, Kemp is a, a police officer, and uh, Wes sells in, or not sells insurance, but he's a cert, uh, insurance adjuster. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're true laymen. Uh, I do go to seminary, but I, I have, I'm not a full time pastor. I don't want to be a full time pastor. Be in full time ministry. Um, we were just four laymen who just love theology and just want to grow in Christ through that, that medium. That's awesome. 
All right. So why don't you uh, just, you know, before we allow our friendship to go too, too deep here, Sean, we got to ask you a really vital question. Thoughts on Star Wars? Okay. So <sighs> it sounds like equivocating. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's, I'm it's worried. I'm worried. I love the original three. I enjoyed the next three or the first three. But I'll be honest with you, and, and this this might get me kicked out, but I am more of a Star Trek fan than I am a Star Wars fan. Hey, no, we're we're about all things nerdy up here, Sean. So uh, we're fine <laughs> with Star Trek. What uh, original Next Generation? Don't say Deep Six Nine or Deep Space. No, Nine. no, they, they got weird. I grew up watching the Next Generation. Uh, really enjoyed the, the the new movies and how they reshaped it and be able to recreate everything. Um, but no, the, the original movies I loved and the, the original show I loved. And then Next Generation, I, I, growing up, the time I grew up, that was when that was on the air. So I'd sit down every week with my dad and watch it. Who would you want to be if you were on the show? I love Picard, man. He was, he, he was. You got to go with the captain. You got to go with the captain. Really? I'd be LaForge. What? He's, LaForge? He's like, isn't he like the guy? Maybe I've got. Maybe I, I think I might have him wrong. I want to be the the Klingon guy. Oh, that's Worf. That was oh, Worf. Worf. I got on. the name wrong. Come I'm on. sorry. You're gonna get us kicked I'm out of the get BMN. Out here. Come on. I'm oh, sorry. I also love Data. Yeah, Data. Data was a great character. It's the android be, Chris for the yeah. Okay. Being being a nerd, I love Data. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. Hey, we just sent this afternoon a a little gift to the layman. So uh, you guys got some coffee coming up from the Great Up North, uh, roasted uh, right here in London, Ontario. Uh, so you guys can let us know how that uh, how that tastes, and hopefully uh, it can contribute to some of your theology conversation uh, in an episode coming up. Oh, that's awesome, man. We really do appreciate it. We'll make sure that we, uh, on the ne- when we get it the ne- after that, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll brew it. Awesome. Um, all right, so uh, why don't we just, as, as we sign off here, why don't, we, uh, why don't you take an opportunity and just let us know uh, where people, where our listeners can find you guys, uh, how they can find your content, uh, because we want to be pushing people towards that. Yeah, so we're on iTunes, um, so uh, and you can find our show on our website, www.laymanscup.com. Uh, you can email the show, laymanscup at gmail.com. We also have a website, uh, laymanscup.com. Really, we're on iTunes. You can find us. If you want to find some of our older content, um, all of our shows are on our website. Awesome. All right, man, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, thanks for letting us get to know you a little bit, and uh, we look forward to this partnership. Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed listening to you guys, and uh, I appreciate uh, I look forward to you guys. Wonderful. Thanks, Sean. Keep up what you're doing and try to stay cool down there. Yeah, man. Sean's a great guy, eh? Yeah, he is. That's fantastic. All those laymen are. I, 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 was quite, I quite enjoyed that. I hope we do more of that coming soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, get to know our friends, and uh, we're, just, we're, we're excited because they're, they're pushing great content, and uh, they're glorifying God in what they're doing, and uh, hopefully this is, you know, if you think about podcasting, it's like this modern uh, equivalent to, to like almost like small groups and stuff, right? Like you're getting content out to people in the middle of the week, and uh, the church it has always been global, but now because of technology, it can actually kind of be global. So I, I, I feel uh, I feel close to these brothers. It's good. We're, we're audio pen pals. Audio pen pals. Is that, a, is that a thing? Can I use that? Hey, coin the phrase. Could, 98 degrees hot down there. Seriously. That's a terrible band, but also very, very warm. Way too warm. You would be sweating profusely. I sweat profusely normally. So, like, we're 90, in an igloo. And we're, <laughs> as Sean just learned, yeah, is Sean. not true <laughs> about not Canada. True. Yeah. 
I can't, I can't blame him though. Winnipeg, he would assume naturally that all of us lived in Arctic temperatures all year long. Yeah, seriously. Now I'm stereotyping basically half the country, <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. Stereotypes save time. So what are we actually talking about though today, Nate? Uh, well, we have uh, a, a cool topic that I'm actually pretty excited about. Uh, it's it's a topic that was suggested to us by a regular listener, and uh, the topic is prayer, which is which is really broad. Um, but more specifically, um, you know, what can Christians do to uh, uh, cultivate a better prayer life? Uh, what is prayer uh, biblically? What uh, direction do we have in terms of how we should be praying and, and all that kind of stuff? So why don't we wade into the topic and why don't we just start by kind of confession time? Let's let's talk about our own prayer lives. Sure. So, I mean, talk to me about prayer, Chris. What does prayer look like in, in Pootie Tang's world? <laughs> oh, that's going to catch on, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I can I can confess prayer is not always something that I I have always been good at. Is not the right terminology, but I'll use it here. Like it's not something that I've naturally always done. Um, but it's one of those things. Like it's a it is a discipline. It's something you need to cultivate in your in your life, and the more you do it, the more natural and easy it feels. I think I think there's a big. Uh, red herring almost around the idea of prayer that you have to be good at it. And it's like, there's like right key phrases and there isn't, you know, yeah, I mean? like, it's, it's funny. Cause prayers, um, I mean, at its base level, I mean, prayer is this amazing privilege that Christians have, right? Because of the completed work of Christ on the cross, because Christ is our mediator. Um, we have access to the father, right? So we can talk to the creator of the universe. It's this amazing privilege. But what's so interesting is that, um, you know, despite the Bible telling us that there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, um, a lot of Christians just feel a lot of guilt and shame and condemnation in in regard to their own prayer life. Uh, you talk about prayer with anybody in the church or or anything like that, and there, there really is sort of this deep-seated, you know, feeling, like you're saying, that either I'm not doing it right or I'm not doing it well enough or I'm not doing it often enough. Uh, so there is a lot of shame uh, and guilt associated with with something that's really meant to be a, a blessing for believers. Yeah, there's there's almost like a attention that we put into prayer, where it's like we have to pray without ceasing, but then also pray not using words. You know what I mean? Like, and how how to do that is a very awkward thing for many Christians because I don't think we're taught very well in this area. I think this is one of those things that the church kind of has implored us to do, but just not, not ever talked about what it actually looks like, what it is, what, how Jesus did it. And I think if you actually read the new Testament, Jesus prayed quite a bit. And that was one of the things he did almost all the time. You can, you find examples of Jesus going before the father. Yeah, speaking and to the father. Absolutely. And it seemed like throughout his ministry, uh, you know, you know, in Lord of the Rings, where uh, Gandalf always seemed to be off somewhere, right? You know, he, in Fellowship of the Ring, right? They're they're heading off and, and the hobbits are always getting themselves into trouble. And you're thinking, well, if Gandalf was here, this would be simple. Um, you know, it's kind of like that in that, you know, the disciples are traveling around with Jesus and, and it, it keeps saying, and Jesus retreated and he went somewhere to pray on his own or he went here to pray on his own or he got up early in the morning. And so you get the sense that Jesus was off on his own praying a lot. And even 
to the end of his ministry is in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane and uh, he's praying and all his disciples are falling asleep because they can't kind of pray with him for as long as he's praying. So yeah, for sure. He, it's, prayer definitely marked his, uh, his life big time. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll just say for myself that uh, there's a couple things I struggle with in my own prayer life. And number one, I would say that um, I still struggle on an ongoing basis to go to prayer first. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm the guy, something comes up, situation arises, and I, I haven't trained my heart and my mind well enough to the first thing I do is pray. Um, oftentimes the first thing I do is go into fix-it mode and then realize as things aren't getting better <laughs> or things aren't getting fixed that I should have gone to prayer first. So that's that's the first struggle I have is that I, I don't tend to go to prayer first. And the second struggle I have, quite honestly, in, in kind of my, I, I pray, you know, in the morning, I pray at night and I, I try to pray right after I do my devotions. And one of the things I've noticed about myself more and more recently is that my, my prayers can be very self-centered if I'm not more intentional about it. I, they're very me focused. It's easy to pray for things to go well in your own life and things that you want to see happen. And, and sometimes even for me, at least they, they mask themselves as things that are are praying for others. Like I'm praying for my family, but I'm, I'm praying for my family in ways that will benefit me as well. Right. Or I'm praying for my church and my ministry in ways that'll benefit me as well. Uh, Very little of my prayer I was noticing was selfless. It was, it was others oriented, praying good things for other people without, you know, my involvement at all. So those are kind of two areas where I've recognized that there's some shame and guilt there that that are very real and I need to overcome but I think uh we all kind of struggle with with this prayer thing and so if there's any encouragement to our listeners uh you know I I'm right there with you struggling through this yeah I I think I think that's a good starting point for the discussion on prayer and I think we could talk more than one podcast about prayer in general but this is like kind of a starting point I think it's important for people to remember that nobody has this perfect, you know what I mean? Like everybody's kind of working through it. And I think that's, I think that's okay. I think, uh, I think part of prayer is being honest with, with God. He knows your heart. He's going to see that he's going to cut through a lot of that, that junk, if you will. Um, and Romans eight, I can't think of the exact, exact verse when it's talking about, uh, like interceding for us. I think I kind of think of prayer and the idea of like sometimes our words aren't adequate to convey what our hearts are trying to convey to God and that the spirit interceding for us actually prays for us, not in a supernatural kind of way where all of a sudden our words change or anything. Just we pray as best as we can in our and the spirit in us delivers the right message to, to the father. I think sometimes people need to remember mm-hmm. that it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to be clever in your prayers, just pray from the heart. And I think, and as you were saying, like sometimes you can be very self-centered in your, in your prayers, not you, just us in general. And I'm, I'm the same way. I get like all the time I'm, I pray for things like, Oh, like keep me sheltered, keep me doing this, help me do this. And I don't think of the fact that, you know, so many times where, where Jesus was praying and the disciples were praying they were praying for, others, their enemies, things like that. I think, I think the only thing we can do at this point is go to Matthew, go to the word and and actually look how Jesus told us to pray and then try to reorient our prayers around that. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and so just before we do that, I, I, I would say to anybody, you know, so this is one of the areas where we need to rely on those who have come before us. And, uh, and for me, at least one of the things that's been helpful in trying to, uh, reform my prayer life has been looking and there, there are people in our church and there are people in my life whose prayer life I admire, right? People who I, I see and, and they're selflessly engaged in prayer in a long, uh, for, you know, quite often. And so I look at that and I say, okay, that's, that's something that I can begin to emulate, right? This is, Paul says, uh, emulate me as I emulate Christ, right? Follow me as I follow Christ, uh, imitate me rather. And, uh, and so we can look to people and, and two, two people that come to my mind are, uh, you know, in terms of heroes of the faith are Charles Spurgeon and Martin Luther, two, two guys who were very much known for their prayer life. And it was interesting because uh, they kind of have somewhat conflicting messages, but uh, I, I want to delve into to Martin Luther. Uh, Spurgeon was quoted once to say that uh, he never he never went an hour without praying, and he never prayed for longer than uh, ten minutes or something like that. I can't remember the exact phrase. I probably should have looked it up before we got on the podcast. But um, <laughs> the the idea there is that he uh, he he would never go very long without praying. He was c- continually praying. But he wasn't that guy who sat on his face for hours praying all the time. He very, very short, kind of simple prayers throughout the day to help him get through the day. Uh, Martin Luther, on the other hand, uh, he was known uh, from many of the people who are closest to him as this this kind of giant of of the prayer life. He was known uh, he was known for spending long periods of time in prayer. And uh, there's uh, there's one quote of his that I have here. This one I do have, so I won't butcher. And he says. I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer, <laughs> right? And so his point, and I think the point behind that isn't so much the the time spent, but that I have so much to do, I can't afford not to pray. And a lot of times for us, we think that we have to squeeze, squeeze prayer in. But uh, here's Martin Luther saying, I'm so busy, I have so much to do that I can't not pray. Yeah, it's like the opposite of the world, right? Like, I have so much to do, so I'm going to cut things like my devotions, my prayer life. Yeah, that's where he's point. doing the exact opposite. Be like, I have so much to do that I need, I need the Father with me completely, or I can't even accomplish this. Right. That's a great lesson. Yeah, and so for for uh, from a guy who had such a a great uh, prayer life, uh, there's a story in in uh, Luther's life. This is in his biography. Uh, where he had a longtime friend who was actually his barber. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't recommend the guy because if you've seen any pictures, Martin Luther didn't have the greatest haircut, uh, but maybe he was in at the time. Uh, but his uh, his barber and his longtime friend Peter uh, Beskendorf, uh, he once asked Luther to teach him how to pray, and so uh, Luther wrote him a letter. And you can get this letter; it's free online. If you Google this, for listeners, Google this right now. They can read the whole thing. It's called "The Simple Way to Pray." And Luther's letter is, it's, it's so rich in so many ways in terms of um, good practical lessons for how to improve your prayer life. And I would encourage our listeners to go and read that and, and go to the, the word. Um, but let's just focus on kind of one aspect of it. And his, his main, his main uh, piece of advice in terms of improving our prayer life is to use the Lord's prayer. And, uh, and so let's go to the Lord's Prayer. He, he basically talks about how, um, you know, we, we easily get distracted. And so in our modern world, for example, uh, we have social media, we have our phones going off, we have deadlines, we have our, you know, our digital calendars beeping at us and telling us all the things that we have to do. Uh, and what's interesting is that uh, um, 
Martin Luther actually said that one of one of the things that we need to do is to shed off distractions. Um, he says to uh, get all the things that would be. Uh, hold on, let me get this this quote for you. He says. Um, we must be careful not to break the habit of true prayer and imagine other works to be necessary, which, after all, are nothing of the kind. It is strangely encouraging to be reminded that our temptation towards distraction from our prayer for the sake of seemingly more productive tasks is not unique. We all feel this. And so he goes on to talk about how our minds are prone to wander, we're prone to get distracted, so using something like the Lord's Prayer keeps us on track. We know how to pray. Secondly, he says, you know, Jesus actually told us this is how you pray. That's where the Lord's uh, prayer comes in. He says, uh, when you pray, pray like this. So uh, I'll go through some of uh, Luther's other kind of practical instructions, but let's just go to the text itself and let's read what Jesus says about how we should be praying. Starts in verse five of Matthew chapter six. You want to read it there, Chris? Sure. And when you pray, you must not be like hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So if you stop right there, I think that's like kind of first principle in terms of Jesus teaching us how to pray. Don't feel like you have to go on and on and on, right? The principle there is um, it, the amount of time you spend in prayer or the amount of words you use in prayer aren't uh, important to God. What's important to God is what's on your heart. And, and Jesus just reminds us, like God knows. God knows what you need before exactly. you ask. So it's not the actual asking or the eloquence of, of the language that you use or, or using the right phrases or saying things just right. It's, it's about coming to the Lord in prayer. He knows what you need. So don't worry about asking it in a specific way. He knows what you need. Just come before him and talk. Yeah, and I think I think there's also another little lesson in there where it's like don't don't just throw up empty phrases like keep up empty phrases. The idea there is like like a hedge of protection, like a hedge of protection. Um, God knows what you need, but He also knows what you actually believe. So don't start throwing out things that just you the think sound he wants to hear. Exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. don't try to trick Him to be right. like, oh, I'm I'm saying all these things just to make myself look super spiritual. Right. He sees or, your heart. He sees your heart. He actually tells us. Jesus tells us there to do it in secret in the first place, yeah. not in a public form. And I know there's there's times where that is appropriate and and whatnot. But in this case, it's the idea is he you don't do this in public because you're not putting on a show, right? And you're not putting on a show for God. You're not putting on a show for others because God sees your heart, right? Which I think is one of the overwhelming things in scripture. Yeah, in absolutely, scripture. absolutely. Man looks at outward appearance, and God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. Um, so, verse nine. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses." 
So in, in Martin Luther's uh, letter here to his barber, he suggests, uh, once again, to help shed off distraction, because one of the things that some of our listeners, and, and myself included, might struggle with is our minds wandering or not kind of having uh, some level of uh, a direction to our prayer, right? And so it just turns into talking, it turns into ranting, or we get distracted and we go off on some sort of bunny trail or whatever. So Luther says, pray through the Lord's Prayer, and then go back through it line by line and individualize each petition. So he would say something like, so you read, so you re- read through it as we just did, and then he goes, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And you might pray something specific in there like, you know, Lord, help me to honor your name more than I do. Help me to see yeah. your your glory more than I do. Help me help me to recognize how much bigger and greater you are. Help help you know, God to increase in my life so that I can decrease or help me to decrease so that God might increase. So so you're kind of going through and personalizing that petition. Yeah, I, I always look at that as like praise the Father first. Yeah, Before you absolutely. do anything more, praise God. Right. Praise God for what he's done, for who he is, for everything that his name encompasses. Right. Praise him. And so you don't have to, again, you don't have to use the words. It's the idea there. Right. And so um, so the next phrase is, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Martin Luther, again, he would say, go back as you're going through it the second time and personalize that. So you might pray uh, something like, you know, we know Jesus is reigning now uh, with all authority over all things, and yet we still experience much brokenness here on earth. Father, bring your kingdom in a greater experience. Help us to to recognize, help us to live out the kingdom values that we know are here. Help us to, to spread your kingdom. Help, get me better at evangelism. Help me to... So those kinds of petitions. So you've you've acknowledged God first, you've praised God first, and then you talk about his mission on the earth and through your life. Exactly. And we see and we see this like if you if you think about it, like praise praise God first, then ask for his his will to be the way of the world. So if you if you're wondering how do I pray against things like abortion, how do I pray against things like same sex marriage, things that are in our culture are prevalent right now praying that God's kingdom comes. We know the kingdoms here praying against that kingdom that our, the kingdom of God would overtake is a way to do that. You know what I mean? You're right. when you're praying, that is what you're praying that the will of God, the father is done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. And so that's a, just a, a practical way to do that. So, so, uh, so then you've gone through the first petition, you've gone through the second petition, Martin Luther would have you keep going. And he says, uh, verse 11, give us this day, our daily bread is this is the time when you kind of get to your needs, right? Your needs, your provisions. What is it that you're asking God for? Which just pause right there. And, and let's think about this for a second. What do we normally start with in prayer? Lord, I need. <laughs> Lord, I, help me because I right. is the first Lord, the first step. Right? right. So the very first thing that the Lord's Prayer teaches us then is um, is essentially, you know, honor God first, pray for his will and his mission, and then get to your needs. And it just helps even subconsciously through through the way in which we're, we're going about praying, we're putting things in their proper order. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think I think another key to remember here is that it's not, it's your needs, not your wants. It's right. give us our daily bread. What do I need to live today to do the first two things? What are the, what do I need to accomplish hallowing your name to praise you and to see your kingdom come while well, I need sustenance to actually do the work today. Right. And so that's what you're praying for. You're not praying for Lord, give me a Ferrari. This is <laughs> like the, the prosperity gospel falls apart right, right. here. You right. Mean, give us our daily bread. 
don't worry about tomorrow. You can provide for me tomorrow. Give me what I need today to get through today. Right. And, and I just don't want any of our listeners to, to get fearful of what, what they're asking the Lord for. So absolutely, you're right. Differentiate between needs and wants. Um, but sometimes, so like I think about even last night, last night as I'm trying to get Judah to stop screaming and, uh, and fall asleep, I'm praying and I'm saying like, Lord, you know, help, give me patience right now and, and help me to be able to do this without having to, to ask my wife for help because I'm trying to give her a break. Um, but Lord, like let this kid sleep. Right. And, and in, in the moment, I definitely thought that was a need. But God will differentiate between your needs and your wants. And so I wanted Judah to stop crying. My life didn't depend on it. I wasn't, I wasn't needing that to happen. And so God will differentiate. I thought that was a need at the time, and maybe it was. But, um, you know, God can differentiate between those things. So don't be fearful of saying, why should I really ask God for this? Ask God for what your, your heart is. And slowly... He'll sanctify your heart so that you recognize that, you know, there might be some people out there who think they do need a Ferrari, but as they're sanctified, they recognize that's not I a do. need. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, those of us who are asking God to alleviate suffering in our lives or, or get us through difficult circumstances, that might feel like a need at the time. But as we interact with God, as we continue to pray, and as we put our needs in proper order after praising God, after asking for his will, then slowly he's going to change our hearts so that we see what needs are at, and what wants are. So slowly he'll change our hearts on that and we'll recognize needs as needs and wants as wants. Exactly, which is which I think is why when Jesus is giving us this example, he says, your will be done before we get to this point. So it's no matter what happens to us, his will must be done first. Yeah, amen. And absolutely. I think that as long as we're reminding ourselves, absolutely, I agree. You can pray for anything, pray for everything. You know what I mean? But remember, it's his will that needs to be done. Right, amen. So then, uh, then it goes into forgive us our debts as we have been forgiven, uh, or sorry, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. So, I mean, this is a big part, North Americans especially, we're, we're not good at repentance. We're not good at asking forgiveness. We, we so often, we might ask God for forgiveness when we mess up big time. But I mean, re- remember that, you know, uh, I think there's a there's a prayer by a Puritan in the Valley of Vision that says um, that even our uh, even our prayers of repentance need to be soaked in the blood of Christ. And John Piper says it this way: He says, even even at your most holy moments, you are sinning because you aren't valuing God the way you should. So I don't say that to kick our listeners while they're down <laughs> or to kick our, our ourselves, but that's just to say there's always stuff that you can repent of, and part of the way Jesus told us to pray is to make repentance and asking for forgiveness part of everyday prayers, everyday prayers. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of that is repentance, absolutely coming to father with all of our awareness of our wretchedness, right? which ties into recognizing with the first couple, how far we are from who he is. You know what I mean? Like we need, he is infinitely holy and we are not, we are wretched. And this, this part is Remi- remind yourself who you are, but then also remind yourself because it does say has as he's forgiven you that who you are now in Christ, right? And just remember, remind yourself of the promises that Scripture has given you, and who you are naturally before Him, right? And I, I think that uh, you know one of the one of the ways that this is real practical is you know there are times in my life when. I apologize to someone and I don't, I I don't really feel all that bad about it. 
I know you're going to gasp right here. You call yourself a pastor? Um, <laughs> sinner. But, uh, but no, I know you well enough to know that. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Um, so like there are times when uh, you don't feel like you did anything wrong or you, you felt as though uh, maybe an outbreak of anger or something was justified towards your wife or towards your kids or towards a congregation member or something. And, uh, and one of the things that I think repentance helps me with is when I'm praying that God would forgive me for those things, I find that my heart changes and I recognize that, that it was actually wrong. So I can apologize to a, another person sometimes and not always recognize that I actually need to, you know, be asking for forgiveness. I, I, I'm kind of doing it because I feel like I should, or I'm doing it to try to elicit them to then for, ask for forgiveness for their much bigger problem than mine or so, you know, something like that. But, but in all honesty, when you, when you're praying to God, you are communing with the father. And so, um, there is, there's a contriteness and, and there's a softness that, uh, that he begins to, um, work in your, into your heart. Um, and you, and you start to see your sin for sin. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then it gets into the last petition, which is lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. And, uh, and this is uh, another thing that I, I don't think we often think about to pray, you know, areas of our lives where we know we're being tempted. Maybe we're being pulled towards materialism, or maybe we're struggling with lust, or maybe we're struggling um, with, with something else, pursuing something else with our time or energy or, or opportunities, whatever the case may be. Um, just, just recognizing where we're being tempted and trying to uh, ask the, for the Holy Spirit's help to uh, help us overcome that temptation. Yeah, and isn't it interesting that this is the final thing he gets to before, whereas this is where we start. Yeah. Like, mo- like let's be me. honest, I, I'm guilty of this. I know that 90% of the times I'm praying, it's because I, oh, this, um, this is, I need this to change right now, or I need to combat this, or I need to pray for somebody who's struggling here. Whereas, which is all good stuff, like pray yeah, for people yeah. who are absolutely. But what I mean is notice that when Jesus is telling us how to pray, this is the last thing he tells us to get to. He's like, get to it, but recognize where you are, who God is, all that, the kingdom, all that stuff before you get to this. Right. Because once you've done all those other steps, then you can actually do this correctly. And it's just, I just think it's very profound when you, when you actually break it down. Right. So, um, so that's kind of the Lord's prayer and Martin Luther's advice for us would be to use that and, uh, and go through, uh, the Lord's prayer once and then go through it again and personalize each of those petitions. And, and hopefully that's just some practical help to help improve some, uh, of the prayer lives of some of our people. And, uh, I think that, um, you know, verse five, which you read to start with, uh, Jesus says, when you pray. Right, so the assumption here is that you are praying. So, just I, I think we should probably end with just an, an admission and maybe some discussion on you know prayer is supposed to be a, a regular characteristic in the lives of believers. So, I mean, Chris, when do you find? Uh, uh, I was about to say, when do you find the time to pray? Um, but that kind of goes against the grain of what we're talking about here. When do you make time to pray, and uh, and what does prayer look like in your kind of daily routine? Yeah, I, the easiest answer to that is like, I like the scheduled times I have for prayer. I pray at different times throughout the day, normally, hopefully, you know what I mean? When I'm having a good day, uh, but I schedule it in before I start my like morning time with God, I start by prayer and then I end my days with prayer every single day. And I make sure I bookend both my days with prayer because as we learn from 
from the Lord's prayers. I can't get through my day without that because I am wretched and I will drift beyond without grounding myself first in, in prayer, recognizing who God is and recognizing who I am before him. And if I don't, so first thing in the morning, you know, pray last thing at night, pray. And then I try to pray throughout the day. Now, nobody's perfect at this. You can do it as best as you can. But the way I kind of, kind of look at it is anytime you have a, a quick minute and you think to pray, pray. It doesn't have to be long. We've, we learned that there doesn't, there isn't a time frame. You can pray in 30 seconds you know I mean? and you can do this, these steps. You can just pray this. I read a good book that said this, this is one of the things, just pray this. If you don't know what to pray, pray the Lord's prayer. You probably already have it memorized. If you're listening to this podcast, just pray it. Right. Um, I, I just thought, thought I'd end with uh, th- the three benefits that Luther highlights to using the Lord's Prayer in your everyday prayers. Um, and, uh, and this is all found in his letter. Uh, he says, number one, it helps you to seek the kingdom first um, and his righteousness first so that God can then add all these other things onto you. So it puts things in their proper order, which we kind of talked about. It's not all the things that you want added to your life put first and then the kingdom second. So it says it's it's a very practical way to help make sure that you are abiding by that command of, of Jesus. Number two, he says it disciplines our wandering minds, as we talked about. So we our minds are prone to wander. I know my wife and I talk about this often. When we, when we find ourselves praying, we struggle sometimes with just keeping your mind focused on what you're supposed to be praying about. And even some Sometimes when you're praying about a particular situation, then you start thinking about that situation and, and you, you just kind of stop praying or your prayers trail off. So it dis- disciplines your wandering mind. And then the other thing that he said that I thought was really interesting, he says, it helps build a fence around your prayer so that you can run wild inside the fence, which I thought was really interesting because, you know, Jesus, his, his uh, advice was don't heap up a bunch of empty words. Don't just babble on and on. And so what Martin Luther is saying here is this builds an appropriate fence around your prayer so that within those boundaries, you can go nuts. And then you, you aren't stuck wondering or, or fearfully thinking, you know, is this prayer okay? Can I say this? Can I say it that way? It, it builds that fence around and within these parameters, you have complete freedom to run around inside. So I thought that was really cool. That was cool. And then I just thought I'd, I'd end uh, where Luther begins. So his his uh, his letter begins this way, and I thought our prayer conversation can end this way. Uh, Luther says, I will tell you as best I can what I do personally when I pray. May our dear Lord grant to you and to everybody to do it better than I. Amen. Amen. Which I thought was, uh, was just awesome. So uh, I'd encourage you to go online. You can find that letter. Uh, online. And uh, the other thing I would say, we went to one text uh, in Matthew chapter six, but I would encourage all our listeners, if you want to keep uh, kind of learning from Jesus himself, how to how to go about praying, go to John 17. It's where we see the longest and most kind of intimate prayer between Jesus and the Father and uh, and go there and, and uh, look at how he prays and uh, help let that shape your prayer life. Wonderful. Anything else? No, I think we've covered that. I think uh, if you guys want to hear more about the subject, we will gladly talk about it. Feel free to hit us with some comments in the on the videos and any questions you have about prayer or anything like that, we will gladly address in coming episodes. All right. 
Well, as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, find us on iTunes and give us that review and that ranking. Um, find us on Facebook and do the like, do the share, uh, add some comments. It just helps spread our content. And we're so thankful uh, for faithful listeners. And we're even more thankful when those faithful listeners participate in what we're doing by sharing our content and helping us reach a greater audience. Take care, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you.